Michael Myers is a human being who killed his sister when he was six years old. Welcome, everybody. This is Chris Morgan, and this is Halloween Unleashed, and uh, third time in a row. I got Brandon Zachman with me. What's going on, Brandon? Not much. How are you? Doing okay, man. Um, So uh, it's been a little while since we got together. I think the last time was uh, we recorded on the 6th, and then uh, shortly after that, the the episode dropped, and so there's been a little bit of a drought, man. what was your feedback on the on the episode? Uh, the the feedback on the on the H six episode was actually like awesome. I was getting a lot of messages from people, um, you know, people that I've talked to in the past. Some people that I haven't, that I, you know, only talked to a few times, you know, asking me questions about the H six, and then you know, following up saying you know that they really enjoyed it. And I know, um, I know you knew that I was worried about the runtime of the episode. Um, I was, was kind of worrying if we should break it up into two or th- even three parts and uh to hear not just one person but many people saying that they went back and listened to it twice uh, kind of blew me away and you know made me really take a step back and be like all right you know maybe maybe we did a, a pretty good job on it well the the one thing i will say is uh you know you've heard me say many times i'm an avid podcast listener and uh you know, it's about getting the right information, information that people don't know about, subjects that they want to hear about, and telling amazing stories that, uh, you know, that hook them right in and do not let them up. And that's what any good movie does. That's what any good show does. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that that's the feedback uh, that you got. I do have a question, though. You did say something in there that kind of perked my interest is they said that they uh, were messaging you questions about the H6 mask. What yep. s- what stone could they possibly felt that was left unturned? Well, mainly the questions I'm getting are kind of my opinions on different replicas. Not quite, you know, I, I don't think there was any information that was left out of that entire episode that could even, you know, be left to learn. Uh, it was mainly just, you know, my opinion on this, indie mask compared to another one or um you know my thoughts on the ones that i own compared to other ones and stuff along those lines anything you care to share with the audience i mean this is a show motherfucker you know we we can't <laughs> we can entertain people it, it worked last time right yeah yeah i mean a, a lot of it's been about the raining red since you uh you know you kind of pulled the tarp off that one with the uh the new and improved Raining red, and uh, I got a lot of I don't know what messages you're talking about. about that. <laughs> no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know if people think I'm like uh, I'm like the Paul Heyman to your Brock Lesnar or what. But uh, I think some people think I'm the mouthpiece uh, <laughs> of this faction of ours. <laughs> you're my uh, you're my Paul Heyman. I'm your Jim Cornette because I I don't mind motherfucking <laughs> anybody, motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> you got so today we're we're going to go even further back into uh, a, a different realm. But before I do that, this isn't the the opinions of you. This isn't the opinions of the person I'm going to bring up. But I got to get something off my chest before we dive into this subject. So you didn't even know I was going to go here. I'm kind of throwing you a curveball, but uh, uh-huh. you can sit back and listen. It's it's all good. Um, did you, did you happen to read the story about the asshat on Instagram that attacked Matt Reed? I I read Matt's post about it and then I was, I was trying to, you know, do a deep dive and find what was going on, but I, I couldn't find the, the other side of the story. But I mean, I can't ever picture, you know, anyone having anything bad to say about Matt Reed. That guy's about as nice as they come. And that's what I was about to get into. This this dumbass motherfucker who attacked him uh, on Instagram bought a mask of Matt's apparently uh, third uh, secondhand, not even from Matt, 
bought it off of eBay from somebody, and then proceeded to ask Matt uh, what he haired this with and what he painted this with. And, of course, you know, he was pretty vague, like most artists are, um, until, especially if they don't know you. And the, Matt's never done business with the guy, so he had no reason to share deep information with the guy. Um, but this motherfucker decided to call him a liar and then proceeded to go on his own Instagram and make videos and posts and everything attacking him over and over and over again and then rallying his friends around who, once again, never met Matt, didn't know Matt, attacking him for no reason. And that shit runs far too often in this hobby. And I'm just going to go ahead and speak out right now. This motherfucker has made threats to other people about how he'll come over to the States. Apparently he's in Canada uh, that he would come over to the states and and skull stomp people. That's that fucking homeless lumberjack, crackhead looking motherfucker couldn't could not skull stomp a Halloween decoration. It would probably kick his ass. So as far as I'm concerned, anybody that would attack Matt Reed, who has done nothing but try to turn the other cheek, be the nice guy, and help everybody out and be everybody's friend. If anybody can attack him, they are a grade-A douchebag. And I proved myself right that this guy was a grade-A douchebag when he has a picture of himself uh, scraping off the hair off of a tots mask uh, with his dark-ass sunglasses on inside of his kitchen. And anybody who wears dark sunglasses inside of a not well-lit room, you are just a grade-A douchebag, and you've probably tried a dick once or twice. And that's no offense <laughs> to anybody who, who has, by the way. <laughs> I I mean, I, I've never, you know, I've I've spoken with Matt on a few ha- uh, times, but, I mean, any time I've ever talked to anybody about him, I've never met a single person who had a bad thing to say about Matt Reed, and all I've seen him do is, you know, just try and give to the hobby, whether it's, you know, donating masks to give away for, I know he did it for the uh, HMMAT podcast. He, I've seen him offer to do it in other groups and stuff like that. And for, for someone to go to those lengths, it's just bullshit. Yeah, absolute bullshit, man. And there's one thing that just gets me fired up and pissed off more than anything. It's, uh, if you attack me or lie about me and you know nothing about me, that's number one. If you attack my family, which has been covered, um, or if you attack my friends, you do any of those three things, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lit like a fuse, but Matt is a good friend. Uh, I gave him an opportunity to come on the podcast, but since he has too much class to go out and air his dirty laundry, but I, I wanted people who were starting to judge Matt or question Matt. I wanted him to have a format and and a platform to not write his words, but speak his words and articulate it in a way that people can understand who he is and give him a platform. I wasn't going to invite him on to have him just start motherfucking the guy, but if he did, so be it. I just did. Who cares? Um, (laughs) I feel better for it, but, at the end of the day, Matt's not that type of guy. He elected not to, and I I respect him for it. But uh, yeah, that was that was a real shitty thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Matt's all class, and the fact that you know people are also jumping on this guy's bandwagon too just shows the you know the the mindless kind of goat following that some people do to try and you know hopefully get a you know ten dollars off on a mask rehaul and. That stuff just annoys the shit out of me. It's bullshit, man. And, um, you know, so some people say, well, Chris, you've got a lot of heat with people. Well, number one is I don't take shit from anybody. Uh, I think that's pretty evident. But number two um, is a lot of people jump on, like you said, bandwagons that have never spoken to me, never talked to me, never dealt with me, don't know shit about me. They're just following the sheep like everybody else and just chiming in and because that's what's cool, you know, Mm -hmm. but they've never spoken to me. And for those that have, and that have dealt with me and still decided to go do that, well, fuck you too. So, um, anyway, moving on, we're going to go to the subject of the week, which is what? 
the Steve Wang He Mask. What would you say about your Wang? We're going to take a quick time out here with that note uh, about uh, Brandon's Wang there. And uh, we're going to tell each and every single one of you about Blue Chew. It has the, all the active ingredients that Cialis and Viagra have. So if you're getting a little older, maybe your hashtag super hard dick isn't working as well as it used to. Well, you can definitely uh, ramp up your game. If you're still uh, long and strong, as they say, with your hashtag super hard dick and not your hashtag super limp dick, well, they have a solution for that too. Maybe you want to go two rounds, three rounds, four rounds, maybe even 12 rounds. Uh, You can do that with this, with Blue Chew, like I said, all the active ingredients. You don't need to go to a doctor. You don't need to get a prescription. You can stand tall and proud with Blue Chew. You can impress uh, your lady friend or your male friend or whichever way you decide to go. doesn't matter. Um, But you can definitely do that with Blue Chew. So head on over to BlueChew.com and see about how you can get your free shipment. They send everything in a discreet package. No such thing as going into embarrassing doctor's offices telling them that that your gimmick doesn't work anymore. You may not be an old fart like myself that, uh, well, I don't have the problem with the hashtag super limp dick. I'm still long, strong, and proud. But there's some people out there that maybe aren't that listen to this podcast and no prescriptions needed. They'll ship it right to your door in as little as five business days. Head on over to Blue Chew and get your... Hashtag super hard dick performing at peak performance for you. Now back to Brandon's Wang. <laughs> so okay, so Steve Wang the he mask and uh Yep. Alright, so let's let's do it. Alright, well, um like I already said, Steve Wang, he's a he's a legendary makeup artist and special effects uh guy he you know i'm pretty sure everyone's seen something that he's worked on and uh i know most people in this hobby are probably familiar with a pretty famous photograph of him painting the uh the predator head with the dumbbell in his one hand oh yeah um oh yeah yeah (laughs) so uh i'm pretty sure even if you didn't even know that was steve wang you've seen him or heard of him somewhere uh but he he sculpted the he mask which um i know he collaborated with mask maker productions to uh to put out there and finish them. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. uh, Sure. At all. Yeah. It seems like, you know, there's always a little backstory to everything. Um, I remember seeing the he mask for the first time uh, pop up on eBay in June of 2000. And um, I still have some of the pictures saved that uh, I was able to pull from Mass Maker Productions' website, and they've stayed with me, well, in 2019, so 19 years almost. And uh, I just remember, now, everybody that's going to hear this is going to think that we're li- we lived in the day and age that we live in now. Uh, going back, yes, I'm old motherfuckers that, that are listening, that are... <laughs> That were born like uh, Mr. Brandon here that was born in the 90s. Um, yep. So, yeah, back in the year 2000, um, there wasn't an independent mask market swell. Uh, that was going to happen within the coming year and uh, evolve over time. But at that time, uh, a ground up from scratch, Michael Myers' shape mask was unheard of during that time. Now, there was, uh, we had just finished the Don Post 1998-1999 Captain Kirk re-release. We had the mask that was out that everybody knows about. Cinema Secrets had threw their name in the hat in 1999 with a supposed 1978 shape mask. Um, it, it looks, it looks, uh, well, it looks like the guy who attacked Matt Reed more so than it looks like (laughs) Michael Myers, but, um, it, um, it wasn't very good, but it, it was the best that we had at the time and it was different than the mask. So 
for collectors that were just wanting something different than just seeing the Don post the mask every season and looking a little less and a little less every year. Cinema Secrets version was a breath of fresh air, um, in a sense. And then all of a sudden, uh, eBay happened. eBay wasn't around forever. Uh, eBay started, uh, right around the end of 99, um, on a more, and back then it wasn't what it is. Like it's, it's a corporate juggernaut now, but back then it was literally, it was an online yard sale is what it was. And, um, you didn't have the buy it nows. You didn't have the starting bids. You didn't have all that stuff. It was, you're starting this motherfucker at zero and you're going in for whatever it's worth. And a lot of times you would think that you had the highest bid and in the last 10 seconds you would lose out. And it, it was, it was an event every time you wanted to bid on something. But I think I bid on five different he masks, um, and lost out and they were all going for, uh, four, five, six hundred dollars at the time. And, um, People will probably look at that sculpt or look at that mask now and say, I wouldn't pay that much for it. Again, go back 19 years and realize we didn't have all this sophisticated screenshotting. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have the Internet as we know it today where every bit of information is right at your fingertips where you could get anything that you want. Unless you're researching H6 mask, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. But back then... That was the most accurate-looking piece. And again, it was on an independent level. Uh, Some people that are listening to this that have been around for a while, they're going to say, well, what about Sam McCain's Shape 81 that came out? He was the first one to do it. I agree with that. But he did not do it on the independent scale. He did that in 1981. He was the first person to sculpt a mass-produced shape mask for Don Post Studios. So his Shape 81 was was a product line of Don Post. It was not on the independent level. It was not sculpted for the independent scene um, or anything of that nature. Um, but I remember seeing that mask, trying so hard to get one, couldn't get it, ended up uh, figuring out who the maker was, went to their website, Massmaker Productions, placed an order uh, in August of 2000, and then uh, by the end of August, early September, the Sam Hain mask was released. And at that point, that was the next step up because back then, again, you didn't have 50 different artists doing 50 different sculpts and life cast sculpts and all this stuff. You had what you had. You had artist interpretations. And I think a lot of the talent back then, uh, and I'm not saying that the sculpts aren't good today, but back then, if you wanted a shape mask, I mean, people were sculpting them from the literally from the ground up. There was no life cast. There was no clay pressing. There was no buying of masters and retooling them back then. You had what you had. And... Uh, between the he mask and the Sam Hain back to back, um, you had the he mask that, to me, at that time was the best representation of the 1978 mask. You had the uh, Sam Hain at that time that came out and blew everyone away with its likeness to the H4 cover mask. So you literally you had a yin and a yang going on, and by the time my order was up. Um, in mid-October, there was some sort of, I don't even want to say a falling out, but there was something that happened, and I still to this day don't know, between Steve and Massmaker Productions, uh, where Gary and him were friends for a long time. Uh, I actually ended up getting my uh, my Steve Wang he mold, which we'll talk about later, Um from a guy named Brian Lashuk, who ran Beyond the Grave Productions. Uh, I bought that mold in 2009, and he actually bought his mold from Gary Phillips, who Gary got a mold from Steve Wang. So um, 
yeah, that's how that's how I I came across the He Mask, and I know we'll probably get into the next part of it, but that was the intro to it. I mean, back then too. I just want to touch on this. I don't mean to go off in the weeds on this, but uh, back then also we had things called chat rooms, and on <laughs> Mass Maker Productions website back then, um, he hosted a um, a chat room every night. And he was a night owl, and most people that are in this hobby didn't sleep, especially if you're in your early 20s. And we all sat up, man, starting from 11.30 until about 4 in the morning, every night just bullshitting and having a great time. It was it was an amazing experience. It really was. I mean, you're dating yourself there with uh, <laughs> the, you know, back when I was a kid, I walked 20 miles to school, uh, information but uh i mean <laughs> touching on the on the uh the you said the the falling out from what i could find it seemed like it stemmed from steve wang selling the the mold to creation x yeah and apparently yeah yeah apparently i guess they didn't like that so then i read that they recast it and started selling them. Who themselves. who recasted? Who recasted? Um, MMP did. Um, that's not what I heard. Um, yeah, that that part about. Uh, so, what happened was is Steve, you know, Steve sent Gary and Jerry uh, an ass load of blanks, you know, to to finish up and oh. uh, and to sell, which is what the ones that went on eBay. Well, they went so fast and so well and they had developed a relationship and a trust that Gary actually said I want to buy a mold from you and Steve said I will send you a production mold etc etc then um, they got the production mold and was working off of that then when the whole mold sale thing went to Creation X, now Steve sold off his mother mold, his two-piece master, to Creation X. So when that happened, um, Gary got pissed because they had been working together, doing profit share for six months by this point, uh, that Gary was was fuming mad. And yeah, he, he made a master from that production mold and started casting that master and making making masks. I understand. I, I get it. Um, if you're working with someone that close and they don't tell you that there's someone else that they're selling a mold to and you're actively producing it, um, I, I understand. But from what I also understand as well is... Uh, and and. And Gary was like this. Um, I I knew him pretty well back then, but uh, or I got to know him. And I say I got to know him. I mean, how much can you get to know somebody through a phone and through email? You know, uh, yeah. he, he was always great to me, always straight up with me. So I don't have any issues with him. I know there's a lot of people listening to this that that do, and I'm not taking any of their feelings out of this. I'm just saying with me, he was great. Um, but what ended up happening with all that is I know that Steve started watching Gary turn his attention from the he masks and the finishing on them uh, to not really wanting to do them anymore and want, and was waiting for the Sam Hain to come out. And when that started to happen, that's when I, I remember a shift starting to happen. And Gary did that with anything that he did. Like he was going balls deep in the Sam Hain mask for over a year. And then he started to phase that out in favor of, of the UL 75. Um, and when that happened, it was like, okay, well, what about a, he, well, I'm still selling them, but I'm going to talk you into a UL or you have a he mask on order, but I'm going to talk you into a Sam Hain. And I know that because he did it with me. <laughs> so uh, I can speak from experience, but also knowing how ADD he is and was, um, that's what he would do. 
You know, it was almost like a little kid got a new toy and he couldn't wait to play with it. And he knew that at the price point that he was selling the He-Mask for and the portion he gave to Steve, that Sam Hain was going to be 100% his. And because he had built such a reputation through that He-Mask and finishing Don Post's The Mask, which what gave him the nickname The Mask Maker... Uh, he ended up was able to have a hundred percent profit on the Sam Hain, and he was able to not have to split it with anybody and he could charge more money and it was a brand new toy. So, and he did that every time a new mask came out when the popularity really waned and, uh, people weren't buying and he was having to sell them cheaper and all this other stuff. He'd come out with something new, and he'd push that product hard and be able to charge a higher price. So that's what I know. So yes, Creation X ended up with the two-piece original mold, but Gary Phillips did have a production mold directly from Steve Wang. And the actual mold that I had actually had Steve Wang's signature in the back, and I may still have a picture of that somewhere. Uh, You should definitely post that in the group. I'd definitely be curious to see that. Um, I know I really didn't know a whole lot about this mask. Um, you know, coming into this, I, I kind of like heard of it a couple of times, uh, considering I was, I was like seven when it came out. So I wasn't really into the, uh, you know, serious collecting of masks at that point. Um, but I mean, it wouldn't be a independent Myers, uh, mask if there wasn't a little controversy behind it. <laughs> and I don't get that. Do you? Uh, it makes no sense. I've never seen this much like just craziness over anything in my life. Well, it's, it's so funny too. It's like, and I don't mean to get off on a sidebar, but I mean, I see it all the time where people just go out of their way to push people's buttons online for like no reason. And I'm like, what's the point of that? You know, like we're all supposed to have similar interests here. We're all supposed to be getting along and talking about the same things that we all like Here's the thing. If you don't like something, or if you're not a particular fan of a certain mask in the series, there's an easy thing to do. Don't comment on it. Because there's nothing you're going to say that is going to make the person who's proud of it, or the person who posted it, or has a strong opinion about it, to say, you know what, golly gee, I was wrong, you're right. I I didn't see it from your your person. Nobody's going to do that. So all you're going to end up in is what everybody ends up in, and that's a debate and a pissing contest eventually because somebody always gets their little pussy hurt and then somebody's got to get all butt hurt about it and then all hell breaks loose. And then before you know it, people are blocking each other, getting pissed off, now talking shit, posting screenshots, and it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. And I, and I don't get it. I, I mean... It, it's crazy. It's, go, it's the same thing that goes along the lines with like when, when people, someone posts like, oh, you know, I'm selling this mask for, you know, what the going rate of the mask is. And people comment on it. Oh, I would never spend that much money on a mask. And it, it's it's like, I don't understand why. OK, if, if you don't do it, if that's not in your budget, that's fine. Like that, you know, that's great. No problem. There's nothing wrong with the, the more budget friendly masks. But I don't understand the need to like drag down the people that do just because you wouldn't do that. That's, that's the thing I don't understand. It's like everyone has to agree on everything. Otherwise, you know, there's, there's all this like turmoil. Yeah. Doesn't make just, sense. I don't know. It, it, if, I feel like uh, 90% of the, you know, the posts about, you know, higher end masks always end and in, in that. And like, I know I've sold masks that were more expensive pieces and there's a lot of times I won't even bother posting in groups. I'll just throw it on eBay because I know, you know, if I ask for, say, even what I, what I paid for the mask, it's going to turn into, you know, half the people saying, oh, no, that's a great deal. And half the people saying, oh, that's crazy to play that for latex. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, you're not looking at it as latex. It's more kind of like just art, which is why we call them artists. Ugh, I don't know. Sorry. I, I get I get riled up with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. All right. So the mask went to Creation X. And then he started the the face of evil. Yeah, mask. same same mask, different name. So was 
there any conflict when because now you said you uh, acquired the mold from MMP, right? No, uh, I I got an M- I got the MMP production mold that was sold to uh, Beyond the Grave Productions, which uh, Brian Lashuk was uh, producing them for a while. He was actually in uh, 2008. He was um, selling blanks on eBay and and finished masks of it and he i don't remember what exactly what he was calling them at the time but it wasn't the he it wasn't the face of evil um i don't know but he uh he was posting them up and then i he was saying that this is going to be the last of this run so i so i messaged him through ebay and i said hey uh Obviously, you're selling a lot of these, and you're saying that you're close to the to the end of the run. What are you going to do with the mold? And I kind of gave mm-hmm. him a brief history of my story, and he goes, "Well, I actually bought this production mold directly from MMP." And I said, "Great, awesome." And so once I knew what his company name was, I went and go. I I don't think it was a Google search at the time. Maybe it was, um, but this was in '08. So I I met I went through because you can't do non eBay deals through an eBay account. I mean, maybe you can now, I don't know, but back then you definitely couldn't. So I messaged him through his website, the old fashioned way. Uh, we got into a conversation. He told me what, uh, what he wanted for the mold and that he had to, uh, latex masters that Gary sent him and that he had, uh, a couple of, uh, blanks that I could, paint up and sell like right off the bat. And I'm like, well, shit, you know, I'm trying to get into this field. Why not? And this is a, this is a historic mask. It was the first ground up independent Myers masks that were, that was out there and you don't see these anymore. So that kind of, and when I posted up that I had acquired it, um, there was a lot of like, wow, I was wondering whatever happened to this mask. And, you know, so I started getting the idea, and that's kind of where my reputation got uh, built up. Is that I was in the I was in the business of buying other people's retired masters or molds or whatever, and starting to produce them again when the rest of the community thought that they were obsolete and done with. So I was literally bringing them back into the into the forefront, and uh, with the he mask. Uh, or face of evil, whichever you want to call it, I was selling them for not much money because I mean, I was, I mean, they, it was a, by that point it was a nine, 10 year old mask. I didn't think anybody would want it. I had the nostalgia factor. I was around when, and I thought that I was the only one that was going to want them. And because people had moved on the nightmares into, you know, uh, H78s and uh, conversions and all these other things. So I didn't think anybody was going to want that mask anymore. The same thing with the Sam Hain. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I listed them on eBay and on iOffer at the time. And as fast as I'd put them up, they'd go. And I got to tell you, man, I found some old pictures of me herring my first one and uh, a couple of the first couple I did. And I'm like, Holy shit. What a shit show. (laughs) It was bad. It was really bad. I'm like how anybody spent even 50 bucks for this. I'll never know. (laughs) But you know, so was it like a nostalgia thing that you think people were, were buying them for just because it was cheap? Um, to, to be honest, I don't know. And, um, I know after a while, um, I had produced them all the way into late 2011 when I just I wasn't selling them anymore and night stalkers were the thing at that time so I didn't even have time to make that if I didn't want to and even if like someone found my eye offer page at the time and bought one I'm like ah, fuck man I don't want to work on that you know I I had gotten <laughs> to the point where I had moved on you know I was I was working yeah. I was working on a more accurate canvas, so I, I I really didn't want to go backwards. But so it was just easy for me to say, all right, I'm going to retire it. Maybe someday 
I'll retool it or I'll fix it or something. And it never happened because my mold is my mold and my master bit the dust. It's done. <laughs> Damn. I was yeah. going to say, it'd be pretty cool to own like now looking at it, it'd be sick to own just as a piece of history, not even a pose, like as far as accuracy goes, but if yeah. anyone has an original he mask out there, hit me up. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric Hofer, uh, in our group actually has a blank that he's going to send me that I'm going to paint up old school. So, wow, that'll, that'll be, that'll take you over your, uh, nostalgia. Yeah. And it's funny. I actually reached out to him and, uh, I said, man, I, I really want to do that project. I, I was like, you know, I, I know for a while I just got done saying, I was like, man, I don't want to work on that, but I'm at a point in my life now where, I really thrive on uh, nostalgia and I like happy times. And when I think back to that mask, both as a collector and when I finally was able to acquire the mold, I was, I was in a really good place mentally, spiritually, physically. I mean, I was just both of those time periods bring back certain you ever you ever go through something in your life where something was really positive and there's certain smells or something during that time oh absolutely and then you come back a few years later and you're reintroduced to something that smell and it makes you think back to all this history um, yeah you just get flooded yeah and yeah. when i decided to just have fun with this stuff make it a hobby um, I actually found the air freshener that, uh, that I used to have in my house when I started to do this stuff. Uh, and I put it out in my garage and I fire it up about 30 minutes before I go out there and go do something because I want to be in a happy place and have good thoughts and good memories when I'm working on something that, Someone is expecting my very best, and I want to feel my very best when I do it. That's awesome. I've I've never heard of someone doing that, but I mean that's that's like a great idea. You, dude, you got to cast out the demons, man. You you really do. <laughs> Put yourself in that that good headspace, and then you know just kind of let your uh, your brush go. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I dig that. That's awesome. Um, so now was was creation x still making these when you acquired that mold or did they already retire it uh they had retired it long before um and i say long before i got the mold in 08 and hmm. i left the hobby for a little while in 04 and by 04 he wasn't producing them uh oh, wow. he was focusing in on the dr decker masks and all that, uh, but um, I I I I don't know Mike Mike personally at Creation X. I don't know him. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought a couple blanks from him back in 2002. He probably does not even recall that. That's fine. Um, but I never really had a bad experience with him. But I know, like after I had been producing the He Mask or Face of Evil, whichever you want to call it. Same same mask as what he was producing. Um, he hadn't produced it in a number of years. He didn't even offer it on his website anymore. I made sure of all that before. Like, when I bought the mold, I didn't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. So, I really did my due diligence. I even emailed him and said, Hey, just wanted to let you know I acquired this mold. I just want to make sure that it's not going to cause any shit. I didn't hear anything from him. Uh, not that mm-hmm. he not that he owed me anything, but I figure, okay, well, if that was gonna piss somebody off, he would he probably would have wrote me back and told me. Uh, yeah. But he didn't. But I had I had been out posting them on our favorite website for a number of months, and all of a sudden, he comes into one of my threads and starts shit for no reason and says, you know. Um, I own, I own that mold. I own the original two piece. You have no rights producing that. And I said, um, actually I got the MMP mold that was sold to Brian, Brian LeShook at beyond the grave productions. 
Um, I know that this was the mold that Steve Wang sent to Gary. So at that time I was new, so I didn't, I didn't know two piece mold or mother mold. I didn't know any of that terminology. I was new, um, Mm -hmm. to, to this side of the industry. And so I just kind of said, well, if you got a problem with what I'm producing, go contact beyond the grave productions and take it up with him. Um, I got the mold. (laughs) So basically fuck off is kind of the way I left it. And he didn't like that. We haven't really spoke since then. Um, I, I follow his page on Facebook now. Um, I think that the H one pumpkins that he, that he's doing the light up pumpkins is great. I've seen several of his repaints on the, uh, on the tots curse mask and the 2018 and the dude does good work. And I, I really hope that he doesn't take anything that was said or thought of in that thread anywhere or anything that we got into. He probably doesn't even know about it at this point. It's, 10, 10, 11 years ago, but mm-hmm. you know, I doubt that he's holding on to it. But if for some reason he happens to hear this, I want him to know I did not mean any disrespect to him at all. And uh, you know, I would love to work with him at some point someday on something. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a chance and reach out to him and and just see what the status is on that mold and see if he still has it. Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. He actually he's only about twenty minutes away from me, so uh, so I've kind of I chatted with him a few times. Uh, I, I even tried to when I was really wanting to learn how to do this stuff. Uh, I kind of fished to see if he wanted an apprentice, but you know he, he never responded to that. But you know, obviously, he doesn't know anything. Um, but he's a really cool guy. I've talked to him a few times, and uh, he's one of the only you know artists that I really know that have at least a name that is uh, in the remote vicinity of me. Well, here's the, yeah, absolutely. And here's the funny thing about that is, you know, I I think he's the only guy from that era. Now, some some people are going to hear this and say, well, what about Night Owl? I'm, I'm not talking about that. You know, he's, He's corporate now, so, uh, <laughs> you know, essentially, yes, the name's still around, but for the most part, he's really not part of the indie scene. Mike at Creation X is the only guy from the era that I got into it and all those positive things I talked about from way back when. Um, he's the only guy left from that era that's still producing stuff. And I just think that that is super cool. Yeah, I mean, he he does pretty good work. I know I'm a big fan of the Loomis one that he does, so uh, I've been trying to keep an eye out for that. He's definitely, uh, I know he told me he when I was talking with him that he worked with Tom Spina, who obviously has done some really cool stuff. He repaired the, the Halloween 5 hero and everything. So it, it was cool hearing some stories about when they were like first starting out. Uh, I just, I'm a sucker for all that like unknown history. Yeah, I, I would like to pick his brain, man, and just uh, just see, see if there might be something for us, even on a limited basis, maybe that we could co-produce that Face of Evil for a little while. I don't know. That would be pretty sick. Yeah, I'm about it. I want one now. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm going to be scouring the internet trying to find uh, some sort of iteration of the He Mask. Well, you saw the. Um... You saw the sculpt. What'd you think? Uh, I really don't think it's aged that terribly. I mean, I know, like you kind of said, it was before you know all the screenshots and everything that you could kind of work off of. Um, but it's almost like video games. If you go back to an old video game you played, it's just like, whoa! Like these graphics, you know, they're not how you remember it. But at the time, you remembered it being like you know amazing. I still, I still think it it didn't age horribly, at least from, you know, the pictures of the sculpt. I think it's, it's fairly accurate and I would definitely save a spot in my, uh, in my detail for one. I'll have to send you, um, and maybe I'll even post the pictures in the group of one that I painted up like extremely old school. I did it with the dark, uh, craft faux fur hair that I had left over, 
um, that it's the same way that they did in the early 2000s. Like all masks back then, man, they were hair with the with the fur hair. And again, because it wasn't that three foot long, um, whatever hair it was on the Don Post, the mask or the waxy plastic uh, fake shit that Cinema Secrets put on their version of it. Um, it was really cool to see hair that actually behaved like real hair. And it was, it's not like the fur hair of today, like back then, like, and that's why I say, uh, you know, when I was able to track down the H6 hair, which was fur hair, it's of that same vein. And so, um, you know, to even think about and comparing it as like, well, fur hair sucks. Well, you're talking about fur hair that has been cheapened and refined and it's nowhere near the quality as it, of it was like when it was in the mid nineties. Like you look at, you look at the H six screen use mask um, or any of those early he masks. And you can look at that and say, that looks like, either like human hair or just nasty Kirk hair, you know, it just, there's mm-hmm. something about it back then, the way it was made that it was just, I will yearn for that nonstop. And I know I got the closest thing that I can. I tracked down the source, all that for the, for the H six, but I don't have a ton of that stuff. You know, I bought six yards of it and when it runs out, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy more of it. I have no idea. Um, I know I got a pretty good knockoff uh, version of it um, from Rick Ramby um, that he bought. It's it's okay. It's not terrible. It's it's what I'm using on the new red um, that's out there because I'm like, well, you know, if it's if it's a flawed piece, I, I really don't want to put hair that I may not ever be able to get again on something that's a flawed piece that I'm not totally happy with, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I said, uh, I've now got two yards of this stuff, thanks to Rick, because um, Rick was never going to use it. And um, he asked me if I if I wanted it. I said, sure, grabbed it. And I, I used it, like I said, for the first time on it um, this morning. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't bad. You know, if, if this is all I got to work with, you know, it's I could do a whole lot worse. Mm-hmm. So now that right. that's the one you put on the raining red. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the he mask and face of evil. My my version of it was actually called the shape the shape of evil. So I renamed it a a third time. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was was that a nod to creation x's name too um in a sense i i mean it it wasn't obviously it wasn't to piss him off it was just yeah i don't know there was something about that that string of names and um that when it rolled off the tongue i said huh yeah it's actually not too bad makes sense with the shape and all that um yeah, so that's about all I was able to find with the uh, the he mask. Um, yeah, and you were talking about um, it not aging, or it it aged it aged pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for he, here's the thing: is when you look at it direct on and all that stuff in person, even painted up, does it look like? A Kirk, no. But when you get it suited up, you you get it under the right lighting, and uh, you you suit up and stuff. It actually it's actually a really fun mask to wear and cosplay in. So if you're if if anyone's out there that's able to get their hands on one that just wants a nice looking mask that has some history to it that's kind of started everything. I, you know, everybody points to the Sam Hain and says that was the mask that started the boom. And I will agree with that. But I think if the he mask hadn't come the way it did, I don't think that the, that the underground swell for that 
six months to eight months or however long it was, I don't think that swell would have started to happen the way it did um, to allow Sam Hain to kick off an industry that we're still reaping the benefits from today. Uh, going back to you talking about um, the look of it, the first time I saw it, I kind of thought of, it kind of reminds me of the way, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Halloween comics. It kind of reminds me of how the mask looks in those comics. And I guess I just kind of put that together in my head because I don't know, it, it's got almost like that, exaggerated almost like cartoonish look but while still looking like you know the mask yeah i, I don't know I, I feel like if i ever want to put together like a you know a, a halloween comic book uh costume for a convention or something i might really uh heavily look into the he mask how, how big was it um it was a standard 24 inch um i got a copy couple years back um from a guy named tony oaks um on facebook uh he has an original run sam hain and he had a he mask as well and he sent it to me it was painted up by gary it was you know old school i mean it was it definitely had seen better days um he bought it secondhand from somebody else who bought it from somebody else who had gotten it from gary but by the time Tony got it, somebody had fucked with the eyes on it. And sometimes I just really wish people would just leave shit alone. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. You you really want to make this accurate. But unless you know what you're doing, especially with eye cuts, because eye cuts are so sensitive, you can fuck them up in a second if you try. You could have the best finish in the world on a mask, but if the eye cuts are messed up that it's not going to look good not at all and yeah man it's uh um the the latex because this was an original 2000 pull so the latex had shrank uh down to make the mask down to about a 23 so it lost about an inch over Mm -hmm. the course of 17 18 years and uh it uh over the course of the last year you know, it was really hard for me to throw it in the trash. So, uh, but it was dry rotting really bad and starting to fall apart. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Fuck!" You know, uh, yeah. my mold had already bit the dust, and I'm like, "This is the last I have of it, and this is gonna suck when this thing goes." And I held on to it as long as I could, and then um, it just got to a point where, you know, as well as I do, down in Florida, it gets really hot down here. And um, I had to store it out in uh, my makeshift workshop out in the garage. And it got really hot out there, so I would bring it inside uh, during the summer months or the warmer months. And it just got to a point where I couldn't move it anymore. And if I moved it, it would start to – there were some pieces that would start to fall off. And I'm like, I can't move this anymore. I can't preserve it anymore it's got to go and that sucks yeah that, that's the worst thing it scares the crap out of me with all my masks yeah and back then um for for the record latex has gotten really good since then um <laughs> a lot of advancements and chemicals and stuff like they're they're mixing it the way they mix it now is I mean, it'll last you 25, 30 years if you take care of them. Mm. And that's the important thing because that's what always makes me, when I buy a mask from someone, I'm always kind of wondering how they are because whether or not it's been taken care of is like a huge factor on how long it's going to last. And see, that's that's the big thing too is uh, Gary Phillips, Maskmaker Productions, he was a notorious chain smoker. So... um, you know, you'd get the nicotine and the masks and stuff. And like, you know, my, my question, knowing about what I know about a lot of these materials now that I didn't know way back then is I was start, I, I, you know, I start to wonder, you know, like what effect did that have on it and who had some of these masks after he shipped them out and how did they store them and how did they take care of them? You just don't know. 
And so that's, I think that's also why I got so hot about the guy attacking Matt is because I'm like, you can't hold the artist accountable for buying it secondhand. Yeah. You can't because you're, it's like buying a used car. You know, you can do everything you possibly can to make sure that that car's history and any problems are not going to arise when you drive it off the lot. But you don't know what, what someone did to it before it sat on that lot. You have no idea. So it's the same thing with mass. You have no idea. That's why I usually like, if I can, I only buy masks off people that I know are more serious collectors just because, you know, if, if this has been sitting you know, in sunlight next to someone's heater for, you know, the, the two years they've had it, you know, it's going to, it's not going to last as long as someone who, you know, makes sure it's to, to cornstarch or baby powder their mask and stuff and, and really lubricate them and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And people ask me all the time about, uh, styrofoam heads and stuff. Now the old school latex and the Don Post masks, yeah, I I wouldn't do that ever. But uh, I I I'm 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 different on uh, styrofoam heads. Um, I know that I put a a form of a sealer on mine, um, and you can't do it with an enamel spray because uh, the enamel spray will actually eat the styrofoam. So oh, wow. yeah, you gotta. You can um, you got to special order it, but it's um, I can't remember the exact name. I, I if I say it this way, it's gonna it's gonna give you an entirely different vision. But I'm wanting to say it's like XTC, like thirty or something, but ecstasy. But uh, <laughs> you know uh, what it is? It's like a it's like a paintable, like you paint over the head. And, um, it actually is like a plastic coating almost in a way so that you seal up any of the styrofoam. But I had a number 10 Sam Hain that I, I sold just before I moved, um, into my new house when I was trying to offload a bunch of stuff that I didn't want to try to chance in the move. And, uh, a collector by the name of Nathan Fresh actually bought that off of me and it was in 2017 and I bought that thing in September of of 2000 so 17 years it was on a styrofoam head and not once did it ever show any signs of age ever it's so weird if you like if you ask 20 people you'll get you know usually like a pretty even split of whether or not they think it does whether or not they think it doesn't i know i err on the side of caution so i get the um the Tom Spina designed felt heads. So it's like, it's got like the felt coating. And then I actually, I bought, um, a bunch of, of, uh, like the balaclavas at, uh, off a wholesale website. So I got them, they were like $4 each. And, um, I, I turned them inside out and I put them over the heads, uh, just to add like another barrier between them just to, you know, be safe that the styrofoam won't mess with anything. That's awesome, man. I, I'd like to see uh, a straight picture set up of that. Yeah, you can't even see. And then I like because the, um, the, the felt is black. So when they take pictures of my mask, you just see like the black eyes. So it just looks like, um, you know, like Michael's wearing it and you just can't see his eyes. See, that's awesome because like, you know, like I've seen your pictures. I, I, I just always thought that uh, that you had like a black trash bag or something in there. Nope. See, I, I know a lot of people use the plastic grocery bags, but I, I mean, it, it, if you like it, that's cool. It just, it bothers me seeing the, the plastic through the eyes. So the, the balaclavas are cut out enough that you, it doesn't show in the, uh, in the eye cuts and then it's just straight black. So I know so, a lot of people ask me what I use. It's the, it's the Tom Spina, uh, design heads with the acrylic bases. It's great for me because they kill you on shipping, but Tom Spina's, you know, a 20 minute drive for me. So I just actually go to a shop and I pick them up. Um, well, aren't you special? Yeah. <laughs> it works out good, but uh, he's twenty minutes from me. Up. I get to drive to go see him. 
<laughs> I mean, I've never actually seen Tom there. I know every time you have to sign the NDA to get in there, you see some pretty cool stuff. But uh, yeah, the the Tom Spina design heads are great. Wow, that's awesome, man. Um, yep. Did we have any questions from the from the page or no? We did not. It seems a lot of people don't know about the he mask. I just. I, I don't know. I I would I would uh, I would beg to think that somebody could come up with something. You know, we got a, a bunch of people saying we got a few saying they want to own one, um, and then someone said that they they don't really know anything about the mask. They don't know what to ask. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like the Bruno San Martino. You know, he he kind of started the superstar, but you know, not a, not many people in the new generation would know about them. Sure. Um, I have one more nugget that, uh, that I, that I remember someone asking Steve Wang <laughs> about, uh, <laughs> about that sculpt and, um, what was asked was, you know you're a you're a Hollywood FX artist and et cetera. Um, how hard was it to sculpt this? And he said flat out, he said, "I have sculpted the most intricate pieces in my entire life. Never in my entire life, in my entire career, have I sculpted anything more difficult than that mask." He said, "I never realized how many little nuances were," and he said it. Once I got the the general character down, he said, "I I realized I was never going to hit all those little nuances, so I stopped trying." Which is crazy because you just you look at a mask and it, the Myers mask it looks so simplistic, and this is a guy who you know sculpted the Predator head and something that's way more intricate. But it's like there's something no artist can capture the the entirety of that mask. Nope. And we we cover the only one that's been able to do it um, as close as possible, and that's Dennis Spectrum. We covered that several weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was just I thought that that piece of information was extremely interesting, especially for a guy who's literally done everything. So many, so many of the you know iconic horror movies and sci-fi movies, and for him to say that, I mean, that that's definitely got to hold a lot of weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, if we got nothing else, um, after this, you know, as you very well know, we're going to be going in a slightly different direction for a little while. Um, to yep. just kind of appease, uh, different types of fans out there that, you know, that maybe they're like, I don't want to sit for 45 minutes and listen to these two nerds talk about mass that I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck they're even talking about. Um, I, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. I mean, what do you think would be some cool topics, you know, for, for some people with this franchise? Um, I mean, we could talk about, you know, things that almost were like the, the script for Halloween four that Carpenter was involved with, um, you know, sort of, a a, a what if, kind of thing if those scripts got made there's plenty of scripts like that out there whether it's halloween 4 um even the new halloween the one that was greenlit um about like myers in the jail and all that stuff like that we could really a lot of that stuff see you're you're touching on stuff i don't even know yeah see i (laughs) I love reading the scripts of uh of the movies that you know scripts that were considered and then ended up you know getting scrapped at the last minute and I love reading stuff like that, so that would be a cool thing to cover, I think. Um, even just, you know, talking about our opinions on the Thorn trilogy, stuff like that. I don't know, we can also obviously ask the people what they want, you know, do polls and stuff. Yeah. Because, again, you know, like, uh, we could go back and start talking about the 1978 movie and go all the way through the franchise, but again, you know, like I've said before... yeah. There's so many podcasts out there that do that. You know, you would first of all, we would have to figure out an angle that's different that nobody's talked about before. 
Yeah. That may be difficult. As I said, that's that's hard because it's probably been done to death. Yeah. So, well, I'm I'm going to do this then. I'm going to put it out to our listeners and say, if there's something that you want to talk about, let us know. You'll get an episode faster. So please do. Maybe some of our uh, group members can create their own poll about. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea, don't you? Yeah. Create your own poll and let let us vote on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm dying um, to see what people come up with. Me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you know I don't know how long we'll, we'll we'll be off the mask subject, but the beautiful thing is about uh, the masks and the franchise is it's 40 years old. So masks, uh, especially on the independent level, we just covered the original started in 2000. We got 19 years worth of information that we can get out there. Absolutely looking forward to it. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Halloween Unleash. I'm Chris, and this is the taint liquor over here, Brandon. (laughs) And, uh, as always, man, I always appreciate catching up with you, and I, I appreciate you letting me bust your balls for a little bit. Nah, thank you for letting me keep coming back. That's always good, man. You're you're a good guy, and uh, I definitely consider you a friend and appreciate you coming on. So uh, appreciate all of you listening. Definitely go off and get yourself a shirt. Oh, speaking of shirts, there's a new design dropping tonight. Ooh. Well, not tonight, after this episode airs. So Ugh. don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> you're 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 a co host, guest, whatever you want to say, on this show, you will get a sneak peek as soon as we're as, Let's soon as, go. as soon as we hang up. <laughs> so but yeah, definitely go over to our uh T Public store, tpublic dot com, uh forward slash user, forward slash Chris M one two two nine and uh, Ryan Hogel's been putting up some amazing stuff in there. There's all kinds of really cool things up in there. And he just hit me up today and said that uh, he's working on some really, really, really cool shit. And he ran some ideas by me that he even shared with B-Man Jim because uh, Jim's been doing uh, brainstorming, likes a lot of this stuff. So he, he ran it by him. Jim's like, I love the idea. Ran it by me. I love the idea. So there's some really cool shit coming uh, everyone's way. Super excited for it. Absolutely. Well, um, by being able to get the shirts and all that stuff, uh, it allows uh, Ryan to keep working on cool stuff for you. And it also supports the show as well. So uh, we're able to you know, get some better audio clips edited together because you get to pay somebody to do that. And... Um, you get the uh, the cool voiceovers and things. Um, I'd like to expand that even further down the road. So uh, anything you guys can do to help out the show would be great. And it keeps the show ad-free. So we really appreciate it. And you got anything else you want to say or are we out? No, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Don't forget about Throwback Thursday where I put up uh, my story on uh, the H6 about the community trying to frame me for recasting that guy's mask so have a good one everyone this is the halloween unleashed podcast for collectors by collectors